We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, what's up? It is raining down here in Melbourne, Australia, Nicholas, and it was raining at Barclays tonight as well. It was raining. Kyrie was on fire. Nets won 133-118. Before we get into it, though, quick reminder, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. But Jack, where should we start with this one? I mean, we got to go to the, the big performance, Nick. Kyrie Irving, absolutely historic, was was robbed of the extra three points that he could have gotten <laughs> to overtake the, the scrub that is Deron Williams to be the highest scoring net ever, uh, 54 points. Uh, a ridiculous night from Kyrie Irving and a really special one and a really timely one. It, it, this performance is, is going to go down for the ages. And with Kyrie Irving, it seems to me he's done this in the, in the space of 19 games for the Brooklyn Nets, he is making history left, right, and center. And it's funny, his last game we talked about Kyrie and you asked me, was he good, was he bad, or like whatever. And I said he just wasn't locked in. Well, tonight he was fully locked in, playing with a heavy heart. And he went 10 for 10 in the first half, 27 points, and just 54 for the game. And it was a reminder that, hey, Kyrie Irving is still one of the best offensive players in the NBA. So special. Absolutely in his bag. And, and as soon as that pull-up three went in early, I'm like, this is going to be something special from Kyrie tonight. Because when he's hitting that pull-up three with such 
ferocity, such purpose. He is just an absolute beast, an absolute mastermind. Unstoppable performance. Absolutely, truly unstoppable. He's an absolute beast. One of the best games. You know, you were lucky enough to see the opening night performance. This one better for you, Nick? Yeah, this was better, sadly. I mean, it obviously was a win in this one, so I think that automatically makes it better. There is history, though, to this game, too, because obviously what had happened earlier this week and how close you know Kyrie was to Kobe, but opening night is still opening night in his first game in a net uniform, but I have to go with the win and obviously just the entire mood and the week it's been for him. Uh, it's been an incredibly emotional week for, for so many people, and Kyrie Irving with such a strong relationship. We spoke about it on uh, our previous Brooklyn Buzz as well, but... You know, he pointed to the sky as he was uh, subbed out for the final time tonight. And, you know, mama mentality threw in his roof tonight for Mr. Kyrie Irving. No doubt about it. Who else do you want to talk about, Jack? Who's next? We want to talk Spencer or we want to talk Jared Allen? Oh, I thought Spencer gave us some really good energy early, Nick. You know, he had a really balanced game. It seems to me that the, the tandem of Spencer and Kyrie is our two best players. Continued again tonight. 20 points for him. Seven assists. Had a board. Had a block as well. Seven to 14 from the field. Four or seven from three. He's been shooting that three ball a lot better of late and was driving really, really well, making the most of the, the Chicago Bulls' lack of real sort of great rim protection. And I thought it was another really, really good performance from Spence. Yeah, really good game from Spence. And I think it's forgotten that he had 12 quick points too. And he was one that helped get us on that little burst to get off into that 12-point lead after the first quarter. You mentioned the three ball. That's really stuck out for me. When his three ball is coming down, especially off ball, on ball, whatever it may be, he's just that much harder to defend. And I also like some of the defensive possessions we saw from Spence tonight, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this was just a – it was an absolutely – I can't actually put into words. I was just shocked and yelling. My brother's a bull supporter, and he couldn't help but just be in awe of the, the, the insanity that Kyrie Irving was pulling off. He was driving. He was finished. He was getting and ones. You know, the, the, my favorite sequence of the night was the, the Jared Allen block leading to the Kyrie Irving and then the five second the five points in five seconds it was just so many highlights this is one of the the better performances that we've seen of any player this season and it, it came in a Brooklyn Nets uniform so it's nice to, to have this momentum and I think that surely after this game surely after this game it silences all the doubters yeah it does it silences a lot of doubters and obviously the nets are better with Kyrie. two 50 point games in one season and also i just think there was a lot of positives in this game from a team perspective we'll dive more into the players but i felt like there was some chemistry there was some good energy to start and that ball was really whipping around especially when the bulls were attacking the nets on the pick and roll uh, exactly. I thought that that was a, they started it really, really well. They really set the, the, a good tone. Really liking the, the synergy that Kyrie and Jared Allen are bringing together. D-Rock says, why didn't Kyrie pass the ball more? Lol. Um, I mean, I thought that it was weird. Despite being a, such an, an insane individual performance, it came within the flow of the offense. Yeah, I didn't think he was like ball hoggy or anything like that. I think... The only times he was was after the fact he was already super hot and he was hitting everything. And I didn't think it was like, oh, God, Kyrie's taking bad shots. I liked early on how he was attacking the rim. You, you know, he compliments his pull-up three so well because all he needs is really like a foot of space to get in between those two defenders. As soon as he yeah. gets to the next level, he's either getting to the rim or he's giving it to another guy. And then also when he gets to the second level, his fake game is so nice that it's like he ends up at the rim or by the backboard. And that's all he really needs because there was one layup in this game where there probably wasn't even an inch between the ball and the rim getting up to the glass. He was just precision with it. There's not many people on this earth that have walked on this earth that can do what Kyrie Irving did tonight and can do what he does on a nightly basis. His ability 
to read the court in terms of just being able to find find angles that I don't think any normal human being can actually see. You know, the dedication to the craft of, of the game, I think that there are few that actually have that. And, you know, uh, Kyrie's close friend, Kobe Bryant, is probably one of those few people who does. He is just an absolute mastermind in terms of just how he is able to impact the game on the offensive end. Nigh on unstoppable and unstoppable if you are any sort of defense. You know, yes, the Chicago Bulls do lack... You know, I thought that when Chris Dunn went down, I think at the you know, probably the five second mark of the game by Joe Harris, I think that if there would have had been Chris Dunn out there, maybe it would have been a, a slightly different game. But you know, Kyrie Irving just did things that words can't say. Nick, such an insane game. There was just shots that were heavily contested by pick players that were bigger than him, and he still got to the rim, or he still hit the jump shot, whatever it may be. And it's really positive just moving forward. And it was a game the Nets really needed to win, too, against the Bulls, who I think before this game were only two and a half or three games behind in the standings. Yeah, and I think that it, it gave us that little bit of wiggle room. And, you know, Kyrie Irving is, is – I think his actions as a leader on the court, when we – that lead sort of dwindled down to like six, eight points, and he sort of felt a little bit nervous and said, like, oh, here we go again. The, the Nets are going to blow another one. And then Kyrie Irving gets reinserted and just goes bang, 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 bang. Let me take over. This is my game. This is my team. It's, you know, I mean, the, the performance is going to go down for the ages. But I think in terms of the win itself and how he impacted that, I think that that will probably go under the radar because, you know, the, the insane amount of highlight plays that you tweeted out tonight, Nick, those aren't going to be lost. But at the end of the day, he when the Nets needed uh, someone to step up, that's when you want your best players, your, your leaders to really do it. And Kyrie came in and was like, let me take over. This is our game. We ain't losing this one. Yeah, and it felt like he also had a couple hustle plays in terms of getting for the loose balls, yeah. just getting his hands in there, scraping at the ball. So I think it kind of set the momentum. And he just came out playing so hard, it just made it pop off a little bit more. But, Jack, let's talk Jared Allen, who I thought, you know, everyone will talk about Kyrie and him having a very good game. Obviously, they should. But Jared Allen kind of got overshadowed because it was another great performance from him after we saw him dominate Andre Drummond. Yeah, I think that he used that momentum. You know, 12 points, five rebounds, five dimes. How the hell would he pull off that behind the back little dime? I'm just like, Jared And then he Allen, picked up the dime that? afterwards. Uh, DeAndre Jordan's having a nice effect on him. Let's put it that way. I don't know how many performances where Jared Allen has had five assists in his career. I would say less than three. And tonight he was just impactful in, in a ridiculous amount of ways. Our starters essentially, you know, you look at Torian Prince plus 16, Joe Harris plus 18, Jared Allen plus 14, Kyrie plus 20, Garrett Temple plus three. But Jared Allen, as a, I think, I, I like the fact that Jared Allen is also getting surprised when he gets called for fouls because he's like, I'm playing good defense here. I'm, no, I'm not yeah. failing, guys. I'm staying vertical. I'm not making contact. You guys are making the wrong calls here because he has, the confidence is continuing to build. And again, I said on the last episode, look beyond the box score when it comes to Jared Allen. You watch the games as plenty of the people who are with us now and, and, and are recapping and, and listening to the Brooklyn buzz. You see the impact that Jared Allen has. He doesn't have to continually have double-doubles like he did for that mini stretch with Spencer Dimwitty. He's finding some really good pick-and-roll chemistry. He's getting the dunks. Yes, that missed lob dunk uh, was a, a bit of a travesty. But at the end <laughs> of the day, you're allowed to have mistakes. We're all human, Nick. We're all human. Yeah, I think one thing that sticks out so much with Jared Allen on the floor, and this is kind of a shot at DeAndre, but also just the skill of Jared Allen, is how quick he is on his rotations. 
We see times where his back is turned. He turns around, catches them at the last second. He's still able to get to the rim. Doesn't always get the block or end up, you know, making the opponent miss. But he just has that type of presence where they know they're going to have to earn it at the rim. And there's a couple instances. Zach Levine, Sadoransky, they're going up for their layup. And they knew Jared Allen was there. And he just gets so high that they missed either the lane or the teardrop. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that in terms of just his presence, he's not Rudy Gobert. He's not, you know, in the complete upper echelon but I think players now need to know and are respecting Jared Allen's defensive prowess and I think that's come just from confidence and you know we can look forward in two three years time and go that this season was a turning point for him he experienced some struggles he started off hot and he was able to push through that and for me you can't ask for much more and uh, I don't know the, the what he continues to do it, it defies his age and youth within this league what I really liked as well was when you know, he got that block on the other end. Kyrie Irving got the play. Yep. And then he gives him a slap on the chest. I think that there's obviously going to be... Kyrie Irving isn't going to gel with everyone in the locker room. They're, in terms of personality types, we know what Kyrie Irving is. He's a bit extroverted. He's a little bit different in the way that he thinks and the way that he connects. Jared Allen is a bit more of an introvert. He likes to put his feet up. He likes to play a bit of video games, get that Nintendo DS going. <laughs> but on the court, you just got to figure things out. And I think... We've, I heard earlier in the season a comment that I remember and it stuck with me. And Jared Allen, and it was, I guess, sort of reflected tonight. Jared Allen was just like, I need to find ways to just let this guy do his thing. Yep. That's what Jared Allen has been doing of late. He's been able to just set some good screens. Knowing when to not set a screen and let Kyrie Irving just cook a guy. He's just playing much smarter. The chemistry is really good with the starters. I mean, I know I would like some changes. We can probably get to that a little bit. But at least three or four of the starters have been fantastic of late. Yeah, and I think Jared Allen just has a better understanding of what Kyrie's trying to do. And sometimes he has to be a second late because he doesn't know what Kyrie's going to do. And Kyrie doesn't really know what he's going to do. Also, you know, Jared Allen has just been a little bit smarter with some of his moves, like you mentioned. Then also, I think his passing in the mid to high post has been really nice for the Nets and realizing that he doesn't need to rush himself. And then even that play early on the game, caught the ball, two Bulls defenders, hits him with a spin move, and then the dunk. I mean, the, the dude is just a freak. He, yeah. And I think that that little spin move, when you tweeted it out, Nick, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, that is, that is a perfect epitomization of, of showing his offensive growth. And, you know, I know that there, there is still a ways to go on that end. And, you know, he still doesn't look incredibly comfortable creating his own shot. But I think that we take those baby steps along yeah. the way. The, the, the passing game tonight, you know, he's figuring things out. We don't expect him to be a completed product at 21 years old. The big men generally peak a little bit later than guys in this league like Ja Morant and, and the point guards who tend to peak that little bit earlier. You know, you see the best big men in the game, you know, they're probably at about that 26 to 32-year-old range. You look at Rudy Gobert, you look at, you know, obviously Joel Embiid is around that 24, 25-year-old range, despite the fact that, you know, he has been around for a while and had been impacting a little bit more exceptions to the rule. But Jared Allen is continuing to build confidence and confidence is everything when you are playing uh, at that big man spot. 100%. Who do you want to touch on next, Jack? Um, we've got some, I think D-Rock is, uh, and some other people. And, no, Dalton asked, uh, how do you all feel about Prince tonight? Seemed really solid. Yeah, this was a really nice game from Prince. There was a lot of positives in the last game against Detroit. One thing I loved in this game was him attacking the rim. And you pointed this out earlier in the season. Instead of fully on attacking the rim and trying to get the dunk or the tough lay-in, kind of steps back and uses that jump shot and that touch he has. And it was really effective tonight. 6 of 12 from the field, uh, 16 points. 
Yeah, I thought that the way I, I put out there, we've spoken about that whenever Kyrie is out there, Torian Prince seems to just be a better, more impactful player. He can still do some silly things and he's not a, a perfect, completed product either. But I think whenever Kyrie is out there, he just seems more confident. And I don't know whether it is just this inherent synergy that they have an inherent chemistry and he's just like, well, if Kyrie's there, I know I'm going to get some open looks. I know I can drive. I know Kyrie's going to cook. I can play like a superstar role player. And he's continuing to do that. I think he's becoming more confident. You know, a couple of wraparound passes tonight to Jared Allen down low as well. You know, I think that's what we want to see. Him to drive because it's going to open up that three-point shot more for him as well. And you mentioned playing with Kyrie. That's that's the biggest impact on him too because I've been watching his three-point shot a lot. And when he's able to lock and load and be comfortable and not have to rush his shot, it almost feels like it's a lock to go in. When it's even slightly contested, that's when you're like, all right, we, who knows what this is going to happen? Is it going to hit backboard? Is he going to be short, long? You really don't know with Torian. But if he has time, his three-point shot is just that much better. Yeah, I think in terms of, you know, I, I, I know that I'm probably more confident in his shot now. And he still wasn't great from there, two of six, which is average. But in that sort of sense, you know, it's the confidence in him taking the shots. And I think that in the hesitation and, you know, obviously he was still able to be really impactful. He's still rebounding the ball uh, in a really positive rate as well. Yeah, Torian Prince had a really good night, probably one of our better performers. Nick, we'll get to a negative and obviously I think we'll end with the positive. We've got to talk about Kyrie Irving as well. Not, again, 19 to 23 from the field. He looked like he wasn't going to miss. But Karis LeVert, do you want him to start yeah, I mean, I think Karras is just kind of in a weird mental space right now. Even if you're reading his body language on the court, it's not typically what we're used to seeing from Karras. It's like he's not getting enough possessions, but at the same time when he's getting possessions, it's not necessarily turning into success. The one thing I think was positive, he did have six, ass six assists. You know, he did have a couple steals in there. Being active defensively, that's going to keep him on the court. But I'm a little worried about his jumper and especially the free throw shot going one of five tonight. Yeah, one of five from the field, one of five from the free throw line, you know, six times, three steals, had a block, had a turnover, but only three points. For a guy with his offensive talents and what we saw from him earlier in the season, you know, I think Spencer Dinwiddie has clearly usurped him as, as the second best Nets player on this roster as we speak. But it is it is a little bit worrisome. And, and I think some people are calling out Coach Kenny for the fact that, you know, you're playing Garrett Temple ahead of him in the rotation as a starter. Garrett Temple is playing the perfect sort of like, you know, backup sort of role and, and you no know, fifth starter. You know, you can't necessarily hate on that in terms of the, the impact that he's having as in that role. He is doing the right thing. It might be worth experimenting over this sort of weak-ish sort of stretch to go with Kalsavert in a starting role because if you want him to be the guy who's earning the worth of the $52 million contract, then you need to be playing in more than 21 minutes a night and you know in bit pieces here and there you know he shouldn't be you know behind Torian Prince and Joe Harris and Jared Allen and, and Garrett Temple in minutes you, you're paying him to be like your third best player on the roster second third best player on the roster depending when KD is back I think that coach Kenny needs to start him I think it's worth experimenting with it even if it means a loss or two here and there. I want to see Karras get back to his fullest form because that is going to impact the Nets much better in the long run. Yeah, I think the minutes probably need to go up a little bit. I don't know if the bench is still the worst thing for him, but he does need to get more touches and more possessions. It just felt like at points in this game, 
you know, he was only getting action if it was three or four passes in. There was an occasion where, you know, he'd get it on the fast break and he'd try to attack, and that's where we saw a lot of his, you know, free throw attempts come from. But still, it's just like he's not fully in the mix with the team. I think maybe some of it could be the lack of confidence in the three-point shot. You know, he didn't shoot well against the Pistons, was reluctant to shoot the three tonight, only one attempt. I think that's really going to make or break for Karras because if he's knocking down that three-point shot, you can't leave him wide open, and then if you close out hard on him, we know his driving ability, and we've seen some of that mid-range game over the last couple weeks, so it's tough. It's just it's just a weird situation, and it's just not something the Nets have had to deal with in the past. They haven't had too many good players or too many good ball handlers where they couldn't find touches for him. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's just about confidence for him as well. We yep. spoke about it with Jared Allen, and uh, confident and consistent, confidence and consistency, and I think that it doesn't have either of those things right now and, and it's disappointing because you know we've seen some some amazing moments from him over his Brooklyn Nets tenure and we know what he did even earlier this season before he was out for an extended period and you know he was playing like the Nets second best player before Spencer did when he was forced into that role yep. and forced to lead the team so hopefully we can see Karras avert you know in uh in a much more hyped up role. At the end of the day, the Nets are getting wins. I think that's what matters. But I think in terms of long-term success, be it this season in the playoffs and be it beyond that, you know, the Nets need Karis Levert firing because even, you know, if, you know, hypothetically, we would have used him as a trade chip. If he's playing the way that he is now, his value isn't amazing. And we spoke about it in the preseason when we we're talking about his contract, you know, and it's an absolute bargain. But the way he's playing right now, he's not living up to it. And, and a lot of that, is the way that he is playing and producing on the court and, and not being able to, to read the game in the right way and forcing things a little bit and, and being a little bit silly on both ends of the floor. But some of it as well is like, how much impact can he really have in 21 minutes? Yeah, it's true, especially when you're so used to having a big impact over the cross 30 minutes. And we've seen a lot of Karras' big success come when he's playing big minutes or he has the ball in his hands a lot. So I think, like you said, some of it's on the role that he has right now. And some, it's also on him needing to adjust to that role and playing with better teammates. Yeah, it's it's going to be a combination of things, Nick, and going forward. But would, did you want to t touch on any? Uh, uh, nothing really stood out to me from, from some of the bench guys, other than Spencer Dimini, who we did speak about. You know, I thought DeAndre was fine. You know, I liked just him sort of just being there. 15 minutes from him, 16 minutes from him is the perfect amount for me. You know, Wilson Chandler again, you know, I think some people would argue where was Rody in the, in the rotation, but I think Wilson Chandler provides this a steadiness. I know I would still like to see a little bit more Rody, but at the end of the day, can he seem to sit on this nine-man rotation for the time being? Were there any other thoughts you had on the bench overall? You know, I didn't think DeAndre was great. There was a couple of times in this game where he looked kind of slow. One instance sticks out where I think Karras blocked a Valentine's shot. It ended up getting rejected or bounced around to Felicio. Karras blocked Felicio's shot. DeAndre is still in this picture and not doing anything. And then the ball back bounces back to Valentine. And at this whole time, DeAndre's back is still turned to the play. That play specifically just aggravated the hell out yeah. of me. It's because, like, yo, Karras is showing extra effort and literally got two blocks in the same play. And you're not even there to grab the rebound. Yeah, he plays slow. He plays slow. And I, I think, uh, you know, Charles um, Charles Allen on Twitter, fellow OTG writer, was sort of saying he, he understands the frustration from the Dallas Mavericks fan perspective. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I, he can't have that much negative impact in 16 minutes of game time. And when we're allowed to play, you know, Jared Allen 30 minutes plus, I think that is perfect going forward. But Garrett Temple was good tonight, Nick. Yep. Joe Harris still looks like in a, a mini sort of slump, but... You know, at the at the end of the day, he did hit a three. You know, he only took a couple of them. Four and I assists. Think because Kyle, 
and and had a couple of dimes exactly i thought that you know the nets had 31 overall that ball was really fizzing around especially in that first half and you can't you know i, I think that analyzing this just these one game performances from harris from temple you know from these sort of role player guys when it really was just the kyrie irving show and he just was 54 points and you know nine he i think that a lot of people could learn from him in terms of his free throw shooting on the book on that roster as well i really liked the, the a couple of hustle plays that he had as well some like really big rebounds you know the the hustle save and you know he did have five assists too so it wasn't like he was you know monotonizing the offense it was just a sublime display in so many ways from Uncle Drew. What did you think led to the Nets blowing the 21-point lead? Obviously, the Bulls never got super close. They got it, I think, within seven or six. What do you think was the biggest issue Is that? Was the Nets just getting complacent and getting sloppy with the ball in the second half? It was that. It was the eight turnovers in the third quarter that I think stuck out yep. me. You can't have eight turnovers in a quarter against any team. The Chicago Bulls aren't an amazing team. But they aren't that bad of a team that they're not going to be able to capitalize off you just turning the ball over, giving them easy options. They have some nice athletes, you know, guys like Kobe White and, you know, Zach Levine. These guys will punish you in the open court if you give them the ball. And that's what they did. So it was essentially our second unit for me. That's what stuck out. You know, and then, you know, you get the, the steady balance, you know, let Spencer Dillon sort of take over a little bit and then slowly reintegrate Kyrie Irving and that sort of took care of things. But yeah, for me, it was the ridiculous amount of turnovers. And I think, you know, in the first half, it was like less than five, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think for the game, they had 20 and they had eight in the third. So most likely it was under that in the first half. Uh, I think they just got a little complacent, got a little sloppy. Things were working so easily in the first half, and I thought the Bulls turned it up a little bit in the third quarter and the fourth, especially defensively. They're pressuring just that much harder, and at times we've seen the Nets kind of not deal with that the best way. Obviously, when like you mentioned, when Kyrie came back in, things were back to normal because he can handle that. He can. He knows he's a clutch performer in, in so many ways, and you know, to, to think that only a few weeks ago, you know, a month ago, we were talking about, you know, are we going to see the best version of Kyrie Irving when he does come back? And, you know, we don't necessarily know what's going on behind the scenes with his physical health. We know how tough of a time it has been for him and so many others in the NBA who had a relationship and even who just encountered Kobe Bryant. But physically, he looked bloody good tonight. And, and uh, hopefully he can take that momentum. It's going to be a game-by-game -game proposition. But, you know, these... These types of performances just make you remember how great the game of basketball can be. I think that Kyrie Irving just, when he puts on a show, there are few in this league, you know, maybe like a Damian Lillard. A lot of the point guards seem to sort of really entice you and, and, and really reel you in. You know, like a Damian Lillard signature performance, you know, even a, even a Stephen Curry signature performance. These guys just go and they had the ball in their hands, they're hitting the threes. They're just driving like madmen and finishing off the glass. It was just, uh, it was it was a night to remember. It was. It's a game that, you know, you have to rewatch. And the highlight package is something you're going to consistently see. And he attacked from all different levels. But, Jack, any other topics you want to touch on? Like the Nets not getting any All-Stars? Um, I wasn't surprised. I mean, Kenny I, I didn't pick any for the Nets either. I, I know you spoke about it on the outlet as well. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie made his case, but I think the inconsistency for him, and I know there was some all-snub teams being put out there, and, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie wasn't put on one. Kyrie Irving certainly made his point known tonight as well. <laughs> Both of them are all-star level players. Kyrie Irving is an all-NBA level player. At the end of the day, that's all we need. Yeah, I agree. I didn't think the Nets really deserved it. You know, Spencer had that stretch where he just lost too many games. And then obviously Kyrie, you know, he just missed so many games. So, but uh, 
any word on your boy Joe Harris? Do you think he's going to take the three-point invite to defend his title, or do you think he's going to take the rest? Because we mentioned it, he doesn't look himself. I mean, whatever Joey decides to do, I will trust him as long as he lets me know ahead of time so I can be mentally prepared either way. Maybe he decides to let someone else win it because, you know, he is that kind of an empathetic and nice guy. You know, but at the end of the day, he might just go, you know what, I'm going to do this. You know, I'll, I'll get some rest out in Chicago as well. I'll have a few deep dish peaches. Let's have a bit of fun out in Chicago town. But... I'm not sure. I'm not sure, to be honest, Nick. I, I will be happy either way because either way, there's a positive outcome. Joe Harris gets a little bit of rest and we get to hopefully a rejuvenated him post All-Star break or Joe Harris absolutely flames at the three-point contest and wins it two times in a row. Yeah, I personally hope that he takes the rest. I, I just feel like he's tired. I think the Olympics caught up with the USA team caught up with him, not the Olympics FIBA. And I think it's just something that he's not going to catch up on unless he gets you know a week off of time and Obviously, there always has been talk about three-point contest fatigue. You're taking so many shots in a quick amount of time. You know, I think that rest would be really valuable for him. But, Jack, you want to talk a little bit about the game tomorrow against Washington? Yeah, we can have a little bit of a chat about it, Nick. Do you think – I think the minutes load, when we're looking at it, Kyrie Irving playing only 32. You know, he normally plays around that 33, 34 range. I think that we probably kept him in a little bit longer than he should have. But at the end of the day, to provide those highlights, why not? I think that the Nets are in a decent enough spot in Washington – I mean, we're probably going to get a some sort of Bradley Beal statement game, but if we can show some defense, maybe we'll be able to stop him to some extent. Yeah, that's really the main thing you have to do against Washington is play a little bit of defense because they don't play any. They want to get into a shootout. You also need to be really good in transition. Any team like this that's going to look to get up a lot of threes, score a lot of points, you just need to be locked in and engaged. And there was a couple times tonight they were playing the Bulls, so they got away with it, where they'd get the offensive rebound, get the three-point shot, it would be a brick. But against the Wizards, who have a couple of capable scores, obviously Bradley Beal, Davis Bertans, even IT can get hot sometimes. They need to be careful not to lose this game because a three-game winning streak could be huge for them, especially the way they played over the last month. Yeah, you want to bring that into the all-star break. Any winning streak is a positive thing. You know, try and get back to that 500 range, continue to build momentum and, and you know, continue to build on-court chemistry because, you know, there's been up and down moments and, you know, Kyrie Irving is going to continue to do Kyrie Irving things. Spencer is great. It's about those guys around them that I, I think, and Jared Allen, I think, is, is shown to be, get back to sort of a semblance of consistency for him. But, you know, the players around that, you know, four to nine in the rotation right now, how they perform, you know, I think that that is what's going to really impact us in terms of our win-loss streak. And Jack, would you say that Jared Allen has been the third best net over the last week or so? Oh, without a doubt, Nick. You know, I think that probably there have been guys who have had better games than him. You know, and Torian Prince, you can argue tonight in terms of when you're looking at the box score or whatever. You know, there's probably been a night or here or there with Carol Savert, but, you know, it's Kyrie and Spencer one and two, and then it's quite clearly Jared Allen in terms of, He's our best defensive player by a an entire country margin. It's insane how much how much impact he has on that end of the floor for us. And then he's still getting better as as an offensive force. And you know, within the pick and roll, uh, a play that is utilized maybe more often than any other team in the NBA when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. So I think that he's by far the Nets' third best player maybe even on the season, probably on the season, I would say. Yeah, you can make the argument there because a lot of guys have been more so inconsistent where Jared had that little bit of a cold stretch, but he's bounced back really strong and he looks super engaged and his two-way impact is huge because you can't really say that for many nets. You can't say they're good offensively and they're good defensively. And yeah, he has his weaknesses offensively, but like you said, that pick and roll is so huge for the nets offense. The fact he's such a dominant role man just opens up so many things for the team. 
Jack, you want to take a quick peek at the standings before we get out of here? Yeah, give me a look, mate. Where, where, where are my nets at right now? We are now in seventh. So we are half a like game it. against uh, above Orlando, and I believe we have four games on Chicago. So they're starting to get a little bit of a cushion. Still nine games back of Philadelphia, so that's still a long winning streak to have any chance of getting in that. But like we've talked about in the past, that seventh seed is going to be a big boost over the eighth seed. Yeah, give me that. Give me that buffer. All about the buffers, Nick. And you know, against you know Toronto had a nice little win tonight. They've solidified themselves in that second seed. Maybe it's a Boston. Maybe it's a Miami. You know, I wouldn't count the the Nets out without a chance. You know, in a playoff series. Obviously, we need to make it still. Obviously, we need to still wrap up a seventh seed. But if Kyrie Irving can do what he does tonight, then the Nets are going to steal a few games at least. Yeah, playoff Kyrie. Well, that'll be disgusting, especially in a Nets uniform. Jack, any yeah. final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, it's all Kyrie tonight, Nick. All Kyrie. All Kyrie was an amazing performance to watch. Big thanks to you, Jack, for taking the time to talk with me. Everybody who jumped in the Periscope. And like I mentioned earlier, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, OTGBasketball.com, Netsapog.com, and Blue Wire Pod. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.